Thank you for listening again to this podcast series on communion in the hand. I apologize, it's taken a little while to record number two, but uh, Easter and the, the busyness and splendor and greatness of Easter delayed me a little. You might remember if you listened to the first podcast that in part one, I wanted to show how communion in the hand came about. And in this part two, what I'd like to do is to explore the case that is made for communion on the hand being an ancient practice. A little while ago, I read what Raymond Cardinal Burke wrote in recalling the day of his own first Holy Communion. I quote him, There is nothing greater in the Christian life than to receive the sacred host, the heavenly bread, which is the true body, blood, soul and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing is more important in the life of a Catholic than the Holy Eucharist. End of quote. He went on to say that the catechesis, the preparation he received for his first Holy Communion, still serves him well to this day. It must have been quality preparation. In part one, we noticed how the accommodation made for receiving Holy Communion in the hand quickly became the normal practice. And it could be said equal to receiving on the tongue, and I think in most people's minds, preferable to receiving on the tongue. We also noted in part one that hand communion was a break with the past practice of many centuries. Some would also add that it has contributed to a lack of respect shown to the presence of Christ in the Blessed Sacrament, and even a reduction in the belief that Christ is really and truly present in the consecrated elements of bread and wine. So in this part of the series on communion in the hand, I want to examine some of the evidence and claims that are made based on what is called the ancient practice of the church in this matter. Firstly, though, we need to address that there is a problem with basing decisions solely upon what was done in the early centuries of the church. For example, if a practice developed over the centuries and is different now from then, a possible explanation is that the understanding and appreciation of it has developed. When a return to a former practice is encouraged and discarding that which took its place, it is a declaration that an error was made. If this is accepted, we have a situation like to that argument that was and is made by Protestants about the Catholic Church, namely that somehow the pure faith or the pure practice of the early centuries of the Church was corrupted somewhere along the way. And they say what the Catholic Church teaches and holds now is not the true faith. So in this way of receiving Holy Communion, in broad brushstrokes, if from the 8th century until the 1970s, receiving on the tongue was the only way permitted, 
Yet at various times and in various places before the 8th century, there's what was receiving on the hand. Then using this, the logic of this argument, the Church was wrong in its understanding of the Blessed Sacrament for 13 centuries, but was right for the first seven. So which era is correct? This era of thinking is called antiquarianism, meaning just because something was done way back at the beginning, it has to be done now. This was an error condemned by Venerable Pope Pius XII in 1947 in his encyclical Mediator Dei. But to be true to tradition, we have to take into account all that has gone before us and not just select what happened at the beginning. So with that in mind, let's take a look at the most famous passage from St. Cyril of Jerusalem's mystagogical catechesis, which is used again and again to persuade Catholics that communion in the hand is an ancient practice legitimately restored by the Church after the Second Vatican Council. So I quote, now from St. Cyril of Jerusalem. Coming up to receive, therefore, do not approach with your wrists extended or your fingers splayed, but making your left hand a throne for the right, for it is about to receive a king, and cupping your palm, so receive the body of Christ and answer, Amen. Carefully hallow your eyes by the touch of the sacred body, and then partake, taking care to lose no part of it. Such a loss would be like a mutilation of your own body. Why, if you had been given gold dust, would you not take the utmost care to hold it fast, not letting a grain slip through your fingers, lest you be by so much the poorer? How much more carefully, then, will you guard against losing so much as a crumb of that which is more precious than gold and precious stones. End of quote. We must remember that what we have from the early centuries of the Church is somewhat fragmentary evidence, not a full picture, nor exact. Yet I must say that I find this quote from St. Cyril beautiful in its stunning reverence for the body of Christ. Not a speck of it was to be lost. If it was, it would be like a mutilation of your own body. Yet at the same time, I find it confusing when he says to carefully hallow your eyes by the touch of the sacred body. Does he mean to touch the sacred host to your eyes? Or is he meaning to reverence the sacred host with a loving gaze? I find it unclear. If we look carefully at what Cyril describes and combine this passage with other hints from antiquity, we can discover that even when communion in the hand was practised, it involved marks of reverence that curiously never accompanied its reinvention in the late 60s and the 1970s. Let me now quote from... Michael 
Theodorovich, who was a patristics professor. And he says, and I quote, It is significant that in these early explanations of what happened with communion in the hand, that the Eucharist laid on the right hand is not then received by means of the less valued left hand, but rather directly from the right hand into the mouth. What appears at first glance to be communion in the hand reveals itself on closer examination to be communion in the mouth, with the right hand serving as a sort of pattern. Bishop Cyril's description shows that the attitude of the communicant is then not one of taking and capturing, but rather of reverent and humble reception, accompanied by a sign of adoration. End of quote. Bishop Athanasius Schneider makes a very similar observation, which I found interesting when I first read it. He says that the way Catholics receive Holy Communion in the hand today bears more resemblance to the Protestant churches than to the ancient practice that St. Cyril would have known. I quote, The Calvinists and the other Protestant free churches who do not believe at all in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist invented a rite which is void of almost all gestures of sacredness and of exterior adoration, that is, receiving communion standing upright and touching the bread host with their fingers and putting it into their mouth in the way people treat ordinary bread. For them this was just a symbol, so their exterior behaviour towards communion was similar to behaviour towards a symbol. During the Second Vatican Council, Catholic modernists, especially in the Netherlands, took this Calvinist communion rite and wrongly attributed it to the early church in order to spread it more easily throughout the church. End of quote. It must be noted also that we also have evidence from St. Ephraim the Syrian, from the liturgy of St. James, from St. Gregory the Great and other fathers of the church, that communion was given in the mouth as well. So the practice of communion in the hand was not universal, even in the early centuries. I must also reverence some fine scholarship done by Canon Grégoire de Guilibon of the Institute of Christ the King, Sovereign Priest, who looked back at the history of the distribution of Holy Communion since apostolic times up to the very end of the 8th century, when it was taken for granted that only consecrated ministers, priests and deacons, could touch the Eucharistic species with their hands. Before that, Guillaume shows that reception on the tongue probably existed from the start of the Catholic Church, along with forms of reception in the hand that have absolutely nothing to do with the present-day practice of depositing the host in the communicant's left hand and letting them seize it and take it to their mouth as any morsel of food with the right hand. Instead, he points out that reception in the right hand, 
in the early centuries of the church involved particular ablutions and women would place an immaculate linen cloth over their hands. Communion was placed on the palm and the communicant, in a profound gesture of adoration and humility, would prostinate, that means, bending over from the waist to take the host directly from the right hand into the mouth. Some other methods are described, he found, but all have in common the respect and adoration with which the body of Christ was received. So it seems to me that the so-called change by the 8th century to receive the sacred body of our Lord Jesus Christ on the tongue everywhere throughout the church was not a break with an earlier practice, but a development from the immense reverence shown in what St. Cyril described. There was a deepening of the sheer magnitude of the divine gift that Christ gives us of his real body, blood, soul and divinity in Holy Communion. There was a deepening of the appreciation of this. And this gradually led the Church to abandon an earlier practice so that the exterior practice matched the interior disposition needed when faced with such a precious gift from our Saviour. I'd like to conclude this part by leaving you with quotes referenced from Redemptionis Sacramentum, the instruction from the Congregation for Divine Worship and Discipline of the Sacraments of 2004. These quotes give you the instruction of the Church as it now stands concerning the manner of receiving Holy Communion. Thus it says in paragraph 91 that it is against the law of the Church to deny Holy Communion to any baptised Catholic solely on the grounds that the person wishes to receive Holy Communion kneeling or standing. And then in paragraph 92 is the clear statement that each of the faithful always always has the right to receive Holy Communion on the tongue at his or her choice. And this is also contained in the general instruction of the Roman Missal, paragraph 161. That's the big red book that the priest uses at the altar to say Holy Mass. So in the first part of the book, there are instructions on how Mass is to be offered. So interestingly, it says that if a person receives wishes to receive in the hand, in those places where their permission has been granted, then Holy Communion should be given that way. The order of the two permitted practices is to be noted. It first of all receives on, mentions receiving on the tongue, that's given first, because it's the normal way of receiving Holy Communion. And only then it says, if a person wishes to receive in the hand, because that's the exception that's permitted in some parts of the world, but not every country or diocese. Let me just say all that again, because it might be a little bit unclear to you as you listen. So I'm referencing paragraph 91 and 92 of Redemptionis Sacramentum, 
and paragraph 161 of the General Instruction of the Roman Missal. So basically it says, there are two ways in which Catholics may receive Holy Communion. They may receive it kneeling, or they may receive it standing. They may receive it on the tongue, or they may receive it on the hand. But the normal way to receive Holy Communion is to receive it on the tongue, and usually with that goes kneeling. Receiving on the hand and standing is the exception to that normal way. And there are are parts of the world in which communion is not received on the hand and not received standing because the permission to do that has not been granted. Lastly, I think it's important to recall that the Code of Canon Law says in Canon 843, paragraph 1, sacred ministers, that is bishops, priests and deacons, may not deny the sacraments to those who seek them in a reasonable manner, are rightly disposed and are not prohibited by law from receiving them. This means that no sacred minister may deny someone Holy Communion because the priest himself does not favour the way in which the person wishes to receive it. Receiving the awesome gift of Christ our Lord in Holy Communion may be on the tongue or in the hand, kneeling or standing. And simply put, that's the law of the church. And any individual sacred minister may not change that and may not ignore it. So if you wish to receive communion on the tongue and kneeling, no bishop, no priest, no deacon, and certainly no extraordinary minister of Holy Communion may deny you the right to do that. So in the next and last part of this podcast about communion in the hand, I want to examine the merits of this more ancient practice of receiving on the tongue while kneeling. I hope you found this useful and I wish to impart my blessing to you and also to encourage you to deepen your reverence and your great gratitude for this gift we have of our Lord in his body, blood, soul and divinity in Holy Communion. And so may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.